Book 2, Chapter 12. If you should leave, if you should live 3,000 or as many 10,000s of years, remember this that man or woman, people, cannot part no life properly, except with that little part of life which they now live. And that which they live is no other than that which every instant they now part with. Then that which is longest of the duration and that which is the shortest come both into effect. For although in regard to that which is already past and gone, there might be some inequality. But that which is right now and in being is equal to everybody. And that being which we are parting with when we die, it does so, it finally manifestly appears that it can be but just a moment of time that we then part with. For as that for which is either the past or to come in the future, we cannot be said properly to actually part with it. For how can anybody part with something they don't actually have? These two things must be remembered. First, that all things in the world from all eternity, from by a perpetual revolution of the same times, and the things ever continued and renewed are of one kind and nature so that whether for a hundred or two hundred years only, or for an infinite space of time, a person sees those things which are still the same, it can be no matter of great moment. Secondly, that which life, any of the longest living human person, or the shortest living person parts with, is for length and duration the very same and for that is only which is present right now, is that which either of them can lose as being that only which they actually have right now. For what he doesn't have, or they don't have, no one can be truly said to lose. How's that for your philosophy? Tuesday, April 5th, 2022, I'm Stephen Sirsky, and yes, I was reading The Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Now, why am I reading the Meditations by Marcus Aurelius? Uh, they've come up a few times. There's a guy at work uh, who actually has been reading the book for a couple months now in English. Uh, I think it's the Oxford translation. I'm not sure. Oxford Classics translation. I've never actually read the whole of um, Marcus Aurelius's works, the Meditations, or whatever else. Uh, it was actually originally written in Greek, because uh, that's what they did back then when they were trying to be, um, can I say hoity-toity, but uh, being educated. The educated people knew Greek. And so this emperor of Rome and the Roman Empire, he wrote in Greek, and it was translated into Latin, I think it was the 15th or 16th century or something like that. So if you look for Marcus Aurelius, although it's a Latinized version of the name, version of the name, um, yeah, you won't find it in Latin, or at least it won't be quote unquote, the original, the original was, uh, written in, in ancient Greek, coiny uh, Greek, right. Um, I sound like I'm stumbling here, but I, I mean, I went to Wikipedia like most people and looked this up, uh, mostly because I was thinking like there has to be a Latin translation somewhere. 
Uh, but yeah, it's a lot of, um, it's mostly ancient Greek on Perseus, perseus.tufts.edu. There's also the Loeb Classical Library. But I looked at their subscription, a subscription price for individuals and for one person, for one year's, one year, it's $170. $70 after that. But $170 set up. For what? For, it's not even yours. It's, uh, I guess I guess if they're paying the translators, okay, gotcha. They're paying the scholars, compiling the manuscripts, gotcha. But $170, the question did sort of arise. I'm like, who is paying $170 startup fee and then $70 to renew after that every year? I... Not me, because especially in a digital world, folks, I don't think we need to go very far to find a solution to some of these things. Some of these cost prohibitive things, you know, the things that Marcus Aurelius says, well, you can't take with you anyway. So that what I just read there was actually uh, from the second book, uh, chapter 12. This was taken from Project Gutenberg. Uh, this is the uh, the public domain one in the United States. Um and what was it? Who actually had? I do have the uh, translator. Should give him credit as well. Why not? It was. Uh, yeah, it's one of these older ones. Let's see. Uh, author Marcus Aurelius, translator Merrick Cazabon, Cazabon, Cazabon. If you want to really Englishize that, uh, but uh, yeah. So that he. This is from like early 19th century, I believe, a uh, long time ago, public domain, so uh, don't get after me for reading it, but there you go. So that I was thinking about reading a little bit more, uh, and I was reading portions of it today. Uh, Joe Rogan posted about it this weekend. He's like, I've been listening to the audiobook, and of course, if Joe Rogan posts about it, well, then you can tell that you can probably uh, guess that a lot of people are going to go try to seek it out afterwards this book this meditations i'm looking at the structure of it um it's it's basically him reflecting on his life and putting into uh, the written word uh sort of the thoughts that he has about the people he's met uh and sort of who's influenced them the most it's almost as if for us folks you folks out there learning chinese I'm pretty sure it's very similar for you guys. That when you learn a character, when you actually have learned a character and go, oh, I remember that character because that's the type of book that this thing is. I know this because of that person or this moment in life that left an indelible impression upon my mind. Kind of like the Slumdog Millionaire movie. That movie where um, like the, the guy... The uh, was it the investigators or whoever at the end of the movie they're they're asking like how they're how could you possibly know all the answers and basically all the whole movie is him explaining how he knew all of the answers because of the experiences he'd had throughout his life that led him to sort of be able to pick the right choice. So is it with uh, Marcus Aurelius now? Is he picking the right choice? Debatable. Whatever doesn't matter. Uh, the the and same with uh, using. Like reading Chinese or speaking Chinese, you can know the characters, you can know the words. Uh, and I don't think it's just Chinese; it's learning 
things in general, but learning languages, like you'll remember certain characters, you'll remember certain words, you'll remember certain, I've seen this before, sort of circumstances wherein you, there is a deep impression left on you. <laughs> deep impression, we hear that all the time. Uh, but uh, things like that. And that's what he is, he's, he's writing about in this, uh, this book. You could write this book. You, you, and I think he would say that to you. He's like, you could write the same thing. Uh, you, you could write the same thing, but uh, like the same type of thing. You wouldn't write the exact same because your lessons will be different. The general concepts might be uh, the same or similar, but the stories behind them, the names would certainly be different. Now, what, okay, so the question becomes like, why is it that Mr. Marcus Aurelius goes down in history? Uh, okay, Emperor of Rome, gotcha, check. But why is his book there and yours isn't? Well, other than the fact that he was emperor and he kind of had some privilege there. Uh, number two, I and mean, he, um, it's it's resonated with people throughout time, so it's kind of so generic, so universal, so applicable to so many people that it's it's you know people read it and they listen to it and they go, yep. Gotcha. I can I have a copy of that so I remember what he just said. <laughs> and number three, he wrote the thing. He put pen to paper. I mentioned this before. You know, when you die, there's not going to be anyone going through your hard drives and going, "Wow, this man's grand opus, this woman's grand opus is right here." All we have to do is put it together. No bleeding hearts, unless there's a massive. Uh, endowment or will or contract that requires people to go through your hard drives and construct your grand vision, uh, it's probably not going to happen. So I, I read this book and I'm not going to lie to you. I, I could write that. I could write something similar. I have written something similar about my father. Uh, I was going to read some more of this book he goes on quite a bit about his father, actually, for because uh, it starts out like a paragraph, like a typical five, six sentence paragraphs, and then he gets to his father and he goes on for like a long, a longer, like four or five times uh, the length of time, uh, length of uh, paragraph as he had previously been writing. I have written this similar sort of you know quotes from my father. I published this a couple of years ago already. Um, as my father had passed away and, you know, around that, not just around his the time that he passed away, but there are times in my own life where I, I, I remember things that he said and I'm like, yeah, this makes so much more sense these days. You know, as you get older, yeah, you sort of deal with a few people and I guess it also helps that he's not here to say them anymore. And in that case, it sort of becomes uh, more ingrained in my mind. And so the, I do have that post on my website. You can go, you can go read that if you like. There's also a podcast episode as well. I read it out. Um, but uh, my my dad, I, I can't. And same with Marcus Aurelius. I guess the big difference between my father and Marcus Aurelius, aside from being emperors, like uh, you know, uh, Marcus Aurelius was an emperor. My dad was like my dad. Uh, but it, one of the big differences is that uh, there's sort of approach to how how things would sort of be dealt with like my dad was a bit more homely i guess uh he also uh and i think this is a, a lot to do with how parents 
R that you have to think kind of quickly. And the written word is very gracious with being edited, as is like Marcus Aurelius's words. I mean, he didn't just write it once and then publish it. It wasn't a blog. I mean, it was, he probably went through it a bit. <laughs> Whereas my dad, I mean, the, the quotes that I remember from my father were said off the cuff, usually, uh, in the spur of the moment. Now, you could say that those are sometimes the most true. It's, it's probably uh, very accurate. But at the same time, uh, was it always, you know, if you thought about it, well, what do you mean by that? Or, you know, so Marcus Aurelius takes the time to explain what he means by all this, whereas my dad, uh, I mean, his meaning is sort of lost to time, uh, lost in the uh, haze of nostalgia, and lost in the haze of, I'm sure he had explanations for all these things, and sort of had to dig himself out of some holes. Uh, one of the, the quotes from my father that comes to mind, while where he said, well, I only shot him once, but he's dead now. And it's very true, you know, you, your actions have consequ consequences, <laughs> which I'm sure Aurelius, uh, uh, Marcus Aurelius talks about. One, two, uh, one of the co common themes that I see in both of these works, these sort of philosophical um, thinks and thoughts and debatings and philosophies, uh, and I kind of wonder if my dad had come across quotes from Marcus Aurelius or someone like that. I know... Oh, who was it? James Allen. As a man thinketh, so is he. It's a very famous book that uh, my dad referred to quite a bit. Uh, but Marcus Aurelius talks about it. He's like, as you think, so are you. Right? So whatever, whatever you are ruminating on, dwelling on, thinking about all the time, that's basically making up who you are. And you can go ahead and try to skew that and argue and semanticize your way out of that but at the end of the day beginning of the day middle all of the day whatever you're thinking about is basically who who you are uh you can't now are you thinking about just one thing are you thinking about many things are you able to control your thoughts so it, again getting into the semantics you can go ahead and be a dynamic individual a, a pretty little snowflake, if that's what you want, of all stripes, whatever it is. But if you focus on one thing, if you focus, if you try to focus on several things, like I, I try to do this. And if you want to, if I want to step back, if you want to step back and analyze this, I, because people try this. I hate when people do this. Oh, Steve, you seem very much. First of all, I didn't ask you. Second of all, none of your business. Third of all, don't give a shit. Honestly, don't. I hate those analysis. Those that that type of well, you see, great. I know. I know what I come across as. I, I think too much. And therein is part of like that's who you are. You think too much. You are one of these thinkers. You're one of these people who needs to come to an understanding. You have to have a greater. You can't just take take it for what it is. You need to delve deeper. And. Some people don't. Some people just accept it and they go on. And great, I admire those people because it's like, I, I assume that they have simpler lives than me, but they might only have simpler lives in terms of the thought process. It might be more difficult for any number of reasons. For me, I know being a thinker, being one of these ruminating, these dwelling, the, I got to think about everything for seven days and 16 different ways sort of things, 
it becomes almost debilitating. And I've noticed this with um, a lot of the uh, entrepreneurial uh, yik yakers out there. Gary Vaynerchuk, Tim Ferriss. Uh, there's a few other famous ones that talk about the thing that will set you apart is action. You got to go do it. You can't just talk about it. I remember the, like even before I started traveling, it was all, you know, you're always just talking about it, talking about it. You hear this from a lot of artistic people. They talk about things. They These writers, oh, I just have to sit down and have the inspiration. No, you don't. You got to sit down. You got to write the damn thing. It, oh, well, I don't have a pen. You Just get a pencil. Start writing. Get on your, your cell phone. You have a cell phone. If you're a modern person, especially if you're in China, you have a cell phone. You can't live in this country without one, especially as a foreigner. Don't give me that excuse. Come on. You have notepad. You have three different versions of notepad. Write yourself an email. <laughs> but that's what happens. I mean, we, we excuse, we justify, we put it off. Going back to like, why does Marcus Aurelius have this book that's kind of full of generic advice and about stories about people he met throughout his life? It's because he wrote it down. I actually, in one of these situations, I kind of th- look at this and go, if there is ever a time in which you wanted a writing exercise, it's to copy, not directly, but to take the inspiration from another famous writer and mimic it. So write your own philosophies. Write your own meditations. Of the, out of all the people that you read, like that, to tell you, honestly, I'm looking at this now, I'm going, wait a minute, this is ancient blogging. Marcus Aurelius, if this guy was now, he'd just be tweeting out this shit. He did, I mean, the 140 characters might not work. You'd have to do the multi-threading and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's what he's doing. He's just, oh, Severus, yeah, Severus, good guy. That's who I learned not to drink anything that was put in front of me. You know, that sort of thing, you know. Oh, and uh, Olbia, Olbia, she was such a, that's a place in Ukraine, actually. Um, she was such a wonderful person. That's who I learned that, you know, perfume does uh, help attract a man to a woman. Things like that. And those, and the type of perfume, you give the ex- a little bit of description, Things like that. So he's tweeting out. He's blogging. He's an ancient blogger. Just it, difference. He had to compile it because I guess paper was a little bit more scarce. Papyrus was a little bit scarce, more scarce back then. It's still scarce these days. Uh, but uh, he put pen to paper. He wrote it down. He got it out of his mind. And I guess he was a bit older when he was writing it. So he did have the luxury of you know having lots of money to sit around. Uh, to write these things, but at the same time, being the emperor, you got to kind of think just about everybody who wasn't getting paid by him, you know, even them, they would all probably want to, they, if they'd given the chance, they would cut his head off, especially at that. Marcus Aurelius came at the end of sort of uh, a very turbulent time, so it wasn't as, as if he was just, you know, sitting around with no cares in the world. I think it part of the, the thing was that he's like, yep, at any point, that I eat a meal at any time that I have my uh, my toga off and I'm naked, someone can come in with a knife and cut my head off. It, it's like, literally, that was the life that they led back then. Talking about like wars, uh, forget about pestilence, but your village, I mean, the, you're a, if you're a man, you're going to get 
killed. If you're a woman, you're probably going to get abused before you, uh, they probably kill you. So lots of death and dying and suffering. And that's, I mean, he was the head of this all. I mean, he was the, the emperor of, uh, of Rome for quite a while. So sitting around writing his meditations, he found the time to do it uh, under the threat of death because, you know, he's a big and famous guy that people want to cut his head off. He still did it. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, interesting read. Uh, the, the fact that it's been coming up so often lately, I kind of wonder, uh, I don't know if maybe there's a new edition being published soon by one of the big publishers, uh, but uh, it's it's more than a few people have mentioned it before. It might be that uh, it's just sort of people are turning to these types of books, this philosophy, this stoic belief of like life is as life does. You can't change it. It's very much more fatalistic than anything else. Uh, I, I can't recommend any one translation. Uh, I do know, uh, in looking at this version on Gutenberg, the the way that he... And then also, I looked up the uh, the ancient Greek version on uh, the Loeb classical series book as well. So you, I think you can read like two pages or three pages for a subscription. Uh, I'm sure you can find them online as well. I'm not sure. But uh, the... The original Greek, as well, is a few more sentences uh, than the basic meme quotes that you'll see passed around, bandied about on Twitter, on Facebook. You know, so social media has uh, like this modern. We hear a lot of them uh, from time to time. I can't remember uh, the exact ones, but looking at these paragraphs in which. Because what I try to do is actually find the actual uh, location of some of these one-liners. Uh, and it's very difficult because the modern translations of the one-liners are different from how, first of all, they were translated 100 years ago. Second of all, um, the the Greek that they were taken from. I guess I could have gone to the actual... Some of them, on, I think it's on Goodreads, they give you the actual citation. So that might be a little bit easier to track them down to see which paragraphs and what he actually said and how many words he took to say it uh, because what I see here is that these one-liners are sort of either summations or they're like one portion of a long paragraph about someone or something so these yeah these meme quotes from Marcus Aurelius although they might not be inaccurate they might just not be the entire story why am I talking about Marcus Aurelius so much? Well, I guess part of the reason is, like, even this weekend is Qingming here in China. Um, it's the weekend where a lot of folks go out to uh, take care of the ancestors' graves. Uh, the uh, It's been very quiet around the compound, and it's been nice, and the generator from that school has been off, so it's uh, just quiet as ever. Uh, but this thing, so I guess, like, springtime, uh, it's... Sort of the, it seems almost like um, a global mourning of some sort. Like even in the Slavic world, Ukraine, Russia, Easter is coming up, right? And things like this, it's sort of like there seems to be an obsession with death, you know, ending of some sort. It might be, I don't know, I kind of hypothesize here that in the spring, maybe some of the elders passed on. You sort of see people... You know, they clung on for the winter, and then in the uh, 
early springtime, they might let go uh, for any number of reasons. Who knows? Maybe it's just uh, nature. <laughs> uh, and But Easter, you have um, Qingming here. I guess Ramadan. I get, Ramadan is it's not so much a, a death-focused festival, is it? But there's a lot of fasting, no eating, basically. So with this, I, I kind of look at this and this sort of popped up. I mean, people were talking about it at work. There's a guy reading this book. Joe Rogan mentioned it. Uh, and Qingming Festival as well, uh, you know, where people go uh, pay respects to their ancestors by cleaning up the graves, gra- cleaning up the gravesites, which, I mean, that seems like a good idea, a noble sort of thing to do at least once a year. Go clean out the weeds from around your, your ancestors' graves. Seems like a nice thing to do. We're thinking of you, keeping you in our in our memories and things like that. Uh, I know we all get very busy, but uh, even though nowadays I was actually wondering, do I even have a job anymore? I haven't. I'm not doing anything other than all these little projects that I got get going on. Right. All right. I'm gonna leave it there. Uh, I hope you guys, if you can, go over to uh, Project Gutenberg. You can download the uh, uh, Marcus Aurelius Meditations. Have a look through it. First book is pretty easy to read, pretty quick. I would say it's about 16 paragraphs or something like that. Um, and that one's kind of very... He talks about all the people that he, he's sort of learned a lot of lessons from. After that, I mean, I, I didn't get through the whole thing because it does go on for quite a bit. That's a lot of words. And <laughs> um, as, as he goes on, he gets a little bit more verbose. He talks lots lots more about various things and that's where you're going to see that uh, some of these one-liners that you read of Marcus Aurelius might not be telling you everything about it. Not to say that the message is altogether different, it's just that those one-liners are part of the puzzle. Alright, show notes and uh, tracks up on my website, which I did update as well today. Stevensersky.com. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And if I can get around to it, I'll might read a little bit more of this and I will uh, publish a little bit more. Thanks for listening, folks. Again, show notes and tracks up on my website, stevensersky.com. Hope you guys have a great Tuesday and are staying safe out there, having fun, enjoying the long weekend and getting things done. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. Bye-bye.